Hello again, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of the BadgerBlitz.com podcast. This is John Veldheis, senior writer for BadgerBlitz.com, joined once again by John McNamara, the publisher of BadgerBlitz.com. I know we're uh, we're deep into the the thick of spring football, and, and trust me, we'll uh, we'll touch on uh, everything that's going on with the the Badger football team uh, this spring, at least from what we've been able to see through there. Uh, four or five open practices that they've had so far. Uh, but we're going to talk a little basketball uh, at first because there's uh, the, the game is afoot in uh, the, uh, the state of Wisconsin as far as uh, college basketball goes. Um, news came out earlier this week that uh, Marquette uh, brothers uh, Sam and Joey Hauser are uh, leaving the, the Golden Eagle program and are looking to transfer. And it looks like uh, Wisconsin is uh, – if not the if not the leading candidate, certainly one of the candidates to uh, to bring both of those uh, former in-state standouts, uh, I guess current you know in-state standouts uh, into the into the fold. Uh, John, I guess what are you thinking? Uh, what have you heard about how this came up? Uh, and why don't you uh, you know just talk a little bit about um, you know what what kind of chance you think the Badgers have of uh, adding both Hauser brothers to their program? Obviously. They'll have to sit out uh, for the 2019-2020 uh, season, but both of them would be eligible for 2020 and 2021. Right. Yeah, you know, it certainly caught me by surprise, and um, I'm not sure that there's a lot of people, you know, outside of, you know, those who are very close to, you know, Joey Hauser's family and, and you know, the group of guys that they that they talked to there um, that, that wasn't surprised by this. And, um, you know, the second part of that, I think Wisconsin makes a lot of sense right now uh, mainly because they they have well they actually have three you know open scholarships right now um, obviously they would just need the two for for Joey and Sam Hauser so um, Wisconsin is the team you know right now in you know of the schools that you hear mentioned Wisconsin Michigan State and Virginia that could take both of them uh, w- without any problems and you know they could take both of them and, and still explore uh, a graduate transfer you know a senior that's out there that that would have one year of eligibility remaining so. Uh, you know, Wisconsin makes a lot of sense. You know, like you talked about, um, Wisconsin recruited both players. You know, during their recruitment, um, uh, Sam in the in the 2016 class and Joey was was a huge priority for them in the 2018 class. Um, obviously, they both ended up at Marquette. But um, you know, going back to Sam, that was when Bo Ryan was still the head coach. And if you remember that 2016 class, um, that was a year when they desperately needed a point guard, and they worked for majority of that recruiting cycle. Um, with one available scholarship, um, Sam made an early commitment to to Marquette, and uh, Wisconsin never ended up offering. But um, you know, I don't think there's any hard feelings there. I don't think that's going to be a barrier that, that stands in their way. Um, you know, they were they were there from start to finish with with Joey Hauser. Um, like I said, big he was a top priority for them in the 2018 class. So um, Wisconsin certainly makes a lot of sense. Trevor Anderson's there, their former teammate from Stevens Point. So um, it, it'll be really interesting to see how this shakes out, but. Um, I think Wisconsin makes a ton of sense right now um, just because of, you know, numbers and, uh, you know, being close to home and, and the, the connections that they have to that program. So, um, like I said, it's going to be interesting to see where these two wind up. Yeah, and that would be uh, – I mean, we were we were talking about this earlier today, and uh, a move like this, you know, if, if it were to happen, you know, we don't really know what kind of timeline um, – the the Housers are are operating on or anything like that, but uh, a a move of um, you know both Sam and Joey Hauser from uh, you know Marquette down I ninety four over to uh, over to the Cole Center to Madison. Um, I I can't think of 
you know, a, a scenario like this, at least in recent college basketball history of you know, two, um, you know, impact players, uh, you know, moving, you know, to you know, a, a big time school and then moving to, you know, one of their, one of their big arrivals. I mean, like it's, uh, it's a, if, if that move happens and obviously, you know, well, uh, nothing's, nothing's happened yet. It, you know, it's just uh, speculation right now, but uh, it would, uh, it would certainly add some fuel to the fire of, you know, what has been a, you know, a pretty heated, um, you know, Wisconsin Marquette rivalry for, you know, for teams that only play one time a year. Right. And, you know, I, I don't, can't remember a situation uh, like this happening, you know, certainly from inside the state, obviously I don't know, you know, everything that goes, you know, on across the country, but, you know, from inside the state, I'm not sure that there's, there's something that that's similar. Um, obviously, the, you know, Joey and Sam Hauser played at Stevens Point and I had a ton of success at, at that school, along with Trevor Anderson, who's obviously now at Wisconsin. Um, you know, both of them, uh, you know, I, you know, Joey more so than Sam, but, you know, Sam was certainly on Wisconsin's radar. Um, you know, going back to that class, I, I, he was certainly someone I think that Greg Gard wanted to offer, but again, they were they were working with one, Bo Ryan being the head coach, and, and two, needing a point guard, and then obviously things have opened up, and um, they got Demetrius Trice and Aline Ford in that class, but, um, you know, Joey Hauser was a huge target for them in the 2018 class, and they, they wound up at Marquette, and, you know, to go just, you know, a few miles down the road to, to you know, I don't know, you, you could call it I don't know if they necessarily call it rival schools, but you know, there's certainly that in-state rivalry there when those teams meet every year. Um, it would just, you know, make that uh, that next upcoming game, which I would believe would be the 2020 season, and they go at Marquette or in Milwaukee. So um, it would be huge. It'd be a huge win for Greg Gard, who's been criticized lately on the recruiting front, um, you know, to bring those two guys in, and then, like I said, they still have room for a graduate transfer if they wanted to do that. So. Um, it'd be a huge jolt to the program. You know, two guys that seem to fit extremely well. You know, if you look at this year's past team, you know, they, they lack shooting and both Joey and Sam Hauser are, are, are good perimeter shooters. Um, obviously they won't be able to play. They'd have to sit out the year, but uh, you, you'd feel really good if you're a great guard and your staff would be able to add these two guys to your program. Yeah. And I think that's the thing that, uh, you know, if, if it were to happen, if, if the houses were to go to go to Wisconsin, um, you know, after, after, transferring just the the fit from a team standpoint um you know really would you know make a that uh, in particular that 2020 um wisconsin team i think a a pretty interesting one to watch i mean just from you know you're not going to have to teach um you know either the the housers really how uh, very much about how to play and you know greg guard's system i mean they're big guys that know how to shoot and if there's one thing that knows you know, that works you know well from a player um you know um, role at, at Wisconsin. It's big guys that can, uh, you know, also shoot from the perimeter. And so to, to get guys that you know, are established and, uh, you know, have, have some college experience already and, you know, fit system, you know, it, from a system standpoint, I don't, I don't think that either of them would um, be, uh, uh, you know, too hard to, to get up to speed on the UW defensive scheme either. Uh, it's, uh, it's one of those things where, uh, it, it feels to me like when the news came out, you know, it, it sounded like, you know, people kind of, uh, um, you know, underplayed the the um, the possibility that they would end up at Wisconsin. I think a lot of people were, you know, maybe at least. I mean, it's only been a couple of days or so, but I feel like the the first people, uh, first time people were talking about it, it was more about like, uh, you know, would they fit in at Virginia just because of the Cavaliers coming off that national title and you know uh, Tony Bennett, I think, played at their played at their high school when he was younger, but it seems like it's, 
you know, from an outsider's perspective, it seems like Wisconsin has kind of picked up some steam over the last, you know, 24 hours. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, um, you know, I, I've always kind of looked at Joey Hauser as, you know, if you're kind of creating someone in, in like your, you know, your Madden game or something like that, you know, he would be kind of your, your perfect big man for, for what Wisconsin wants to do. Um, he's a guy who can play in the post a little bit. I think he may have struggled there, you know, as a freshman this past season, um, you know, in terms of maybe, you know, he needed some more strength and stuff like that. But uh, a guy that can definitely knock down shots from the outside so he can give you a little inside outside. And, you know, Sam Hauser is a guy that's really improved, I think, a lot uh, since he's arrived at Marquette and um, obviously a big time shooter from outside. But, you know, he's a guy that defends pretty well uh, in his own right. You know, he I don't know that he was one of. Uh, you know, Marquette's best defenders, but um, I, don't, I wouldn't label him, you know, having a weakness in that department. So, um, you know, they, they'd be great fits. You know, at the same time, I think they're going to help out any team, you know, that they wind up at, you know, Virginia, Michigan State. Um, I, I think, you know, Michigan State's offense might be more similar to what Marquette ran. Um, so I think those guys could fit there. But um, I, I, like I said, I think they'd be great fits at, at just about any school. They'd be able to help, but certainly so at Wisconsin. Um, I think that'd be a big jolt for the program um, and, and two guys that would certainly help you after sitting out a year uh, due to transfer. And if let's just say, let's play out the hypothetical a little bit here and say that you know uh, the Housers both decide to uh, to go to Wisconsin. Does that change anything for for Greg Gard and the, the coaching staff, just from a, a recruiting standpoint for uh, guys that are um, you know coming out of high school either this year or next year? Uh, I mean, like I know you said that they have three uh, scholarship spots available, but does does that change uh, their recruitment plan at all? Do you think, if say that this were to actually happen, you know, I think it does a little bit. Um, if you look then at that 2020 class, um, you know, you have a commitment already from Lauren Bowman, the, the point guard. Um, Jonathan Davis is still going to be another, uh, you know, not not another, but he's going to remain another top target for you. Uh, someone that Wisconsin feels good about landing. You know, they were there from with him from the very start, um, you know, the in-state kid from Lacrosse Central. Um, you know, maybe where it does affect you is uh, you only have one scholarship remaining then in that in that 2020 class. Um, you know, maybe it, it kind of takes you out of contention for a guy like Ben Carlson, another post guy. Um, Jalen Johnson is obviously the guy everyone wants to talk about in that 2020 class. Um, you know, you're going to find room for him regardless if he wants to come to Wisconsin. So um, it, it maybe makes you focus a little bit more, or it, you know, reduces your numbers a little bit for that 2020 class. But I think it's still kind of the same guys you've been working with, with, you know, obviously Jonathan Davis, who we talked about. Um, Jalen Johnson's going to be there. You know, he's a take regardless of what happens. So it doesn't really, you know, cripple you or change the outlook too much, but I think it forces you to concentrate just a little bit. But I think that's a problem that Wisconsin would, would happily welcome if they're able to add the Housers. I don't think they're going to have any issue dealing with that if they're able to get those two guys into the program. Sure. And sometimes, uh, um, why don't we, uh, transition a little bit and talk a little bit about uh, the Wisconsin spring football. And, you know, speaking of, uh, you know, ha having good problems uh, that you need to sort out the, uh, some of the conversations that I've had as far as uh, the, the football team goes right now is that uh, the, from a, from one to four, um, the, the Badgers in their quarterback room, despite losing Alex Hornerbrook, I, I feel like one to four, they might be a little bit deeper than they have been, even in the last you know couple of years or so, I, I don't remember you know uh, a time in, in uh, watching practices or anything like that where not only are 
guys one through four, you know, uh, Jack Cohn, Danny Vandenboom, uh, Chase Wolf, and then obviously Graham Mertz are all getting reps. But at least in the practices that I've seen, and you know, we, we haven't been able to watch all the practices. Uh, we've only seen five so far. But in all, um, in all five of them, there's at least been one or two things that I liked uh, that I've taken away from the uh, the guys that are you know kind of setting themselves up to uh, to battle for that quarterback spot. Uh, so I don't know, John. What do you, what do you think? Uh, what's your read on this so far? Well, I think it's a credit to Van and Boom and, and Chase Wolf. You know, two guys that you know I think the majority of the fan base you know didn't mention a whole lot. And you know, obviously Graham Mertz was was the talk of the town, and and rightfully so. But um, you know, we've we've done the podcast before, and. You know, you and I both said, like, well, you know, that's that's wait to see what Chase Wolf can do because you know he wasn't some slouch quarterback who you know picked Wisconsin over some Mac school. You know, he was a heavily recruited guy out of you know a power program in Ohio, and um, you know we didn't get to see much of him last year because um, you know his his reps during fall camp were limited, and you know you don't get to see the practices uh, once the season starts. So he was a guy I was you know excited to see what he could do this spring. It was a big opportunity for him. It's it's a big opportunity for Danny Vandenboom as well, um, a guy who you know has a just you know a little touch of game experience uh, from from this past season, and um, obviously Jack Cohen's been commanding those those starters reps, and uh, Grant Mertz has been there as well. So I think it's 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 probably kind of what you would expect. Um, I don't think anyone went you know into this camp thinking that Paul Chris was going to name a starter after you know six or seven practices. That that just was never going to happen. Um, I think you'll see, you know, the rest of spring camp kind of shake out as it has with with Cone taking, you know, I don't know, I don't know if the bulk of the reps for the first team is the right thing to say, but you know, I think he's certainly penciled in as the, as the you know, the the guy who works at the number one offense right now, and you know, behind him it's kind of shuffled up, and um, I would imagine that's going to carry on in the summer into the fall, um, and then you know, once the fall comes, I think we'll have some more concrete answers. But um, like you talked about, John, at the beginning, I think you know. There's only four scholarship guys there, but I think each one, uh, you know, brings a little something to the table. And you know, this is—I I don't know if I'm ready to say this is the most talented quarterback room that they've had, but um, you know, once we see a little bit more of them, I think that's certainly something that you could discuss. Yeah, and something that stood out I was just before we got started. I was uh, going back and re-listening to uh, what Joe Rudolph said uh, after practice on on Tuesday, and you know, the the gist of it was that uh, you know, all four of those guys, I think he. Not not to say that he that the Badgers would feel comfortable putting them all out into games, but I think he he feels uh, that all four of them have a certain um, level of comfort in you know who they are um, as a player in, in the in the UW offense right now. And I mean, like, I think that says a lot about you know what uh, what Graham Mertz has kind of absorbed uh, in the the time that he's been on campus, and obviously you know Chase Wolf. Um, you know, got on campus last summer. He didn't enroll early, so he's in his first spring. And so, you know, to see um, some of those younger guys kind of pick up and get to a point where they can, you know, um, show some flashes and make some plays when they get the reps, um, you know, I think that's an encouraging sign. You know, and the way that I'm basically looking at it is, you know, obviously, you know, Jack Cohn is getting all of his reps uh, with the first team offense, basically going against the first team defense. And so he's obviously number one. I, I don't know if the Badgers are calling it you know, a depth chart right, right now, but on their, on their practice organizational chart, you know, Jack Cohn is always the first one up. He's always going to be the one that's getting the most, uh, the most time. And then, you know, it, behind that, it's kind of been, um, you know, a bit of a shuffle between Vandenboom and Vandenboom and Mertz, 
generally, I think I would say have gotten the, you know, the second and third most reps here and there. I think uh, over on, uh, on Tuesday uh, when we last got to watch practice, I would say that Mertz uh, probably got a few more reps than Vandenboom, but uh, we're not allowed to uh, take stats down this year. So it, it's hard to say for sure. And then, uh, you know, Chase Wolf is a guy that I was really you know, going into spring uh, curious to see what he could do just because like what you said, we didn't get to see him a whole lot in the fall, but he's, you know, f- compared to, um, you know, expectations, uh, I, I, Wolf has stood out to me too. I mean, he's got, he's definitely got the arm, like, he, you know, he's got, uh, he's got the arm talent to make a lot of throws. Uh, you, and I remember talking to uh, some guys about him, um, I, I think it was last year and they, they, they called him a gunslinger. Like he's, he's not afraid to go out there and make some mistakes. So, you know, I don't know that, you know, everybody's going to be on an, on an even, um, even, you know, footing when this goes into fall camp and the Badgers really have to narrow down the reps uh, to start getting guys ready for the season. But at the very least, it's made for some interesting watching as the Badgers, you know, let us in to watch some of these practices. So who's it going to be? I, you know, is it, is it going to be Cone or will, will Graham Mertz make a run? I guess I, I'd be curious your opinion on how you see this thing shaking out. Again, I, you know, it's, I think it's too early to judge, but yeah, how do you think this thing going into the fall? I mean, I still think, uh, I still think it's, if I had to, if I had to put money on it, I would still go with with Jack Cohn. Um, I think having you, know, it's not like he's he's Alex Hornibrook, uh, where you know the the last couple of years he's had the vast majority, you know, much more experience than the other guys that were coming up behind him, like in you know in the year where it was uh, Cohn and then uh, Corey Lyles, you know, kind of competing to be his backup, uh, whether it was it uh, last year, or the year before. But uh, I think when in doubt. Um, you know, the, the coaching staff will probably feel more comfortable going with the older player, you know, that has some in-game experience. You know, he's he's the guy out there right now who's helping, you know, Graham Mertz uh, and Chase Wolf. You know, he's out on the field basically, you know, a couple feet behind them, you know, telling them what the, what the signs mean and, you know, all this stuff, kind of helping them walk through it. And so I think if it comes down to something where it's 50-50, and I don't think it's 50-50 right now, um, I think it's going to be Cone in that situation, especially just to start the season. I feel like, you know, um, you there's a situation that's out there where you know maybe Jack Cone um, starts the season, you know, to uh, but you know there there could be a point where you know if if it's anybody, I think it would be Graham Mertz. But if there's anybody that they feel like takes another step, I feel like maybe after. Um, that first game or two, you know, maybe that's a point where they feel like they could, if they need to make a change, but I, I haven't seen anything from Jack Cohn that makes me think that, you know, he's, his standing is, you know, less than what I thought it was going to be going into the spring. But I, I definitely think at least over the last practice or two, you know, we've, we've definitely seen some good things from, from Mertz in particular that make me think that um, he'll have a shot to, uh, in terms of like, I'm seeing, I think what, what you need to see out of him for him to have a real shot to go into fall camp and win the job. And then on the other side of the ball, is it, I mean, I don't want to say that Leo Chanel stole the show, but um, you know, he's certainly been one of the the headliners and um, certainly a guy that's been talked about a lot, you know, not just by, you know, your reports, John, but you know, other people who are watching practice as well. And um, you know, his, yeah, you know, he's he's a guy that should be you know sitting in a, a high school biology class right now, and uh, I, you know he certainly sounds like he's moved his way into the, into the two deep. I would imagine it's kind of where he stays. I don't see him you know getting ahead of, of Chris or Jack Sanborn, but um, he, he's a guy that you know seems to pop up in just about every practice report. Yeah, and I think part of that is 
the um, for, I mean, for one thing, you know, physically, I mean, he's ready to go. Like uh, six three, six four, you know, two thirty nine. Uh, I mean, I I I feel bad for any of the uh, the high school you know running backs that he was having to uh, go after you know last year or, or anything uh, before that because uh, that's uh, that's that's unfair. Uh, but he's I mean he's physically ready to go for from a college uh, football standpoint. It's just going to come down to you know, how comfortable is he, you know, with the, with the defensive playbook? I mean, he's got, he, I think he's got good football instincts. Um, I, I, I agree with you that, uh, you know, he's, I don't think he's going to uh, challenge Chris Orr or uh, Jack Sanborn for, for the starting spot. But the, the nice thing for him is that, you know, just from being physically ready, you know, he put himself in a position where they, the Badgers could stick him out there, you know, on the second team defense uh, with, uh, with, Mike Bascalunas and just say, you know, go ahead and go out there and learn, like go make mistakes. You know, this is the time to go and figure these things out, you know, before, you know, fall camp or the regular season starts. Uh, and so I think you know, in particular getting here in the spring is just huge for him. And you know, he's not in the, he's not in the, the, the two deep because, you know, the, there are older inside linebackers that are, that are hurt above him. I mean, like this is, uh, you know, this, I think it's legit. I mean, I remember when, um, it might have been it might have been Sanborn or maybe it was somebody the year before, but you know there was somebody that was getting first or second team reps, um, you know, right away in spring, and it was because you know T.J. Edwards and Ryan Connolly and Chris Orr were all injured or hurt or something. But you know, Chanel is in there, uh, and uh, I think he's in there because he's earned it. Uh, and so I'm really curious to see you know what he can do, and especially what he you know will look like um, you know at the end of spring camp here. Right, and you know I. I thought he was going to be a guy that would would play early, and for the reasons that you talked about, John, he's just he just seems physically ready. And I thought that you know he would be more similar to you know what his brother did, where you know his brother's kind of in the same boat in terms of what he can do in the weight room, and a guy that um, you know his body is not going to transform by you know being in the strength and conditioning program for a year. You know he's he he's he's pretty close to being ready to go, and. Um, I thought, you know, at a minimum, he, you know, Leo Chanel was going to compete on special teams, but, yeah. um, you know, for, for a guy that's in the, you know, like you talked about, we, there's no depth chart that's been released yet, but he looks like a guy who's going to be backup middle linebacker. Um, and he, you know, that injuries occur and, you know, it's, anything could happen, but, you know, it's, it's been impressive for, for, you know, what a guy's been able to do to graduate early and, and, uh, you know, to, to be a guy that's kind of stood out for a handful of practices, uh, during spring camp. Yeah, in particular, he's kind of got uh, he's gotten a Graham Mertz a couple times. I mean, he's picked him off twice, and I think both of them were uh, were would be uh, pick sixes if they were um, real games. So maybe that's just a maybe that's a function of coming in together and getting a lot of practice time together. But uh, I I mean, like I, I think people expected to be you know impressed uh, with Leo Chanel um, this spring. You know, they expected a lot out of him. But uh, I don't know that many people would have you know if you said pick your you know, of your three scholarship early enrollees between him and Graham Mertz and Spencer Lytle at, at outside linebacker, I don't know that many people were going to say that Chanel, you know, looked like he had the closest or, you know, the, he had the shortest route to, to playing time uh, kind of right from the gun, but that certainly seems to be what it looks like. Yeah. And credit to him. I mean, that's, it's an exciting class and, you know, two of the guys, Graham Mertz and, and Chanel are, are, you know, already already doing some impressive stuff on campus. So, you know, you, you still got a guy like Logan Brown and you know Joe Tipman and a lot of those other guys that uh, that are going to arrive this summer. So, I think you know this this 2019 class. People knew that there was a lot to like, but I think you're going to find out probably sooner rather than later. Yeah. 
Well, I think that's uh, uh, going to do it for us on this week's edition of the BadgerBlitz.com podcast. Uh, once again, I want to thank you for listening, and we will talk to you next time.